Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of I Dig Your Soul Podcast with your host, Nadia Khalil. Today is the 15th of December. We are 10 days away from Christmas. It feels weird because everything's been so different. And yesterday I had to go to Pasadena and I was driving and I thought, oh my gosh, there's nobody on the streets. Even with the pandemic in that, it's Christmas and you would think nothing. And so then I go up to the village where I live later on in the day And by then, I forgot Christmas was even in the air. And I'm like, gosh, why are all these cars at the pharmacy? Because we went out to go pick up medications. And then I go, why are there so many people at the post office? And I couldn't figure out why, but it's such a small village that it doesn't take a lot to make it busy, even though it's never really busy. So yesterday it was, and it was weird to have traffic there. And then I was like, oh, my gosh. That's Christmas. Everyone's out scrambling for Christmas. And so all that being said, it's Christmas. It's coming. It is a different year. It is a new year coming that has a lot of good in it. Whatever we needed to face, every challenge has a purpose and every purpose has a challenge. And we have seen that on so many different layers this year, from personal to all the way into the biggest public forum we could find. Also, something very beautiful happening, and that's people are depressing. And I know that sounds crazy to say, but we are depressing because we are feeling our passion bubble up. It's like coming up to the surface. But the only way our passion can come up to the surface is by getting rid of everything that's in its way. And one of the things that's in in the way of all of us in some situation or another is why it is hard to do what love would do. We tend to want to take the easy route. We tend to want to be in a place that nobody kind of knows what we're thinking. I don't say I'm doing this for love, and then you sound like this crusader, you know, like, ah, I'm fighting for love. I have to fight for love. But we were taught that. So it made it super hard for us to stand up for ourselves because we looked at fighting for love to require things like confidence, being rude, 
as though if we were going to fight for love somehow, it meant that we had to fight others. Really think about what we've done to ourselves. Because the more we stood up for ourselves, the more of an example we become for others to stand up for themselves. But standing up for love doesn't need a shout and scream session. Actually, the opposite is true. Anger needs a shout and scream session. But love, love speaks gently. Sometimes love speaks in silence, not participating. Even with yourself, when your mind tries to throw you off and throw a curveball at you and gives you a thought that you're like, where the heck did that come from? And why am I thinking that? And I want to come from love. And, and, you know, you're fighting yourself. But we don't say, I want to come from love and then come from love. That actually doesn't work. Because we say it, but we're saying it because we don't know how to do it. So we're hoping if we say it, it will just happen. The truth is we have to do love. People say be love. Well, I don't know how to be love. And I'm I'm getting really technical with the with the words because the words are really important here. Because that's what took us down the pike on why it is hard for us to love. But when you do love, you are standing up for yourself. Action. Doing what love would do, quietly, no announcements, but just saying, hey, you know what? I know you don't like the outcome. Maybe you might want to ask yourself, don't answer me. You don't have to tell me. But just a question for yourself. What drew you to that? What attracted you to that? Those are your questions. Instead of trying to give people answers, give them the questions that they need for the next step. This is super important with partners or with parents to children because now what you're doing is you're giving them the seeds as well as reminding yourself path to understanding how love works. Love does not need an outcome because love knows what the outcome is going to be. When we walk through life with this pure intent, there's no way you can walk around love. Love is like these small but super powerful steps. If someone attacks you, you just wait them out. Take your time figuring out and drilling down to what's actually bothering you. Without attacking yourself. I always, no one ever, I'm alone. 
No one cares about me. I'm not perfect. My time is not valuable. And one I hear a lot, who cares if I'm dead or alive? And I'm like, what? No one can care. You got to care. Why do I have to care if you're dead or alive? You care. Because if you don't care, that's your energy everywhere you go. We tell people how to treat us. But we were not taught it was okay to stand up for ourselves without being rude, without hurting others, without taking away, without being selfish. So we tend to shy away from what love would do. So think about how just today, look at situations in your life and whatever situation you are in that you are questioning yourself or growing through right now or being challenged by and say, how can I do this better? I want to do it better. You don't need to be defensive why you're doing it this way. I used to over-explain. If I wanted to do anything I wanted to do, I would give people a million reasons why, but really I was trying to convince myself that I deserved it. I don't need a, a whole boatload of reasons Why? But I deserve to be happy. And whatever I needed to help myself be happy would ultimately help me understand what you may need. may not be the same things, but that you, what you may need to be happy too. If I took that away from me and then I saw you being happy, I'd be like, well, who do you think you are? But it's not really a who do you think you are, but we've been taught that. And we put people down when they're succeeding. But you've got to ask yourself, well, why wasn't I worth that success in my own mind, in my own heart, in my own world? Because for me to have said that to someone, I would have had to already deprived myself from it. And now I'm mad at me for depriving myself from it. And then I become envious or jealous of you for not depriving yourself from it. And there you go. That's how insecurity plays out. But we don't have to be rude to stand up for ourselves. And we don't have to be defensive to stand up for ourselves. Because the bottom line is we are already loved. But when we start slapping these different levels and and I want to say layers of ego, oh, you can't do that. You better have a good reason for wanting to do that. I'll just tell people you don't care what anybody thinks. You're just going to do what you want to do. Do you really have to be rude to bring love to the table? Doesn't that kind of contradict itself? Or to tell the truth? Telling the truth is still not preferred when it comes to telling someone why you can't do something. We make up stuff. 
And most of the time it's that we're sick. I'm sick. I don't feel good. So now you lied. They know you lied. You both know you lied and no one will say it because it's rude. But what if you just said, you know what? I really don't have that kind of time to take that on. And the reason you don't have that time is you may not be interested, so you need to give it to someone who is. And when you can say that, you're done. They know you tell the truth. You know you've told the truth. It's clean. It's finished. You both go on. And there is a bond and there is respect between you. So when you are working from a place of love, you will recognize it because you'll be calm. You'll feel content with your decision. You'll stand by your decision that, hey, I know we're false dream in our marriage. I've always wanted to go back to school. I want to start by taking a class instead of, I never had the chance. I never had the opportunity, and I better take it now. Now it's like this intrusion. But if you say, hey, you know, I've always wanted to do this. I've always wanted to learn about this. I'm looking at classes, and I'll let you know what I find. Completely two different conversations. communicating what your perspective is without saying they're wrong or they're stopping you or you're wrong or anybody's wrong. It's a support rather than a burden. And I see Purple Pill says in the chat, I cherish the ego. Well, the ego is part of us. No one no one comes here without it. But the ego is a threshold. It's not meant to be lived in it's meant to be grown through. And then when you grow, it'll come and get you again because it offers you, for most parts, what not to do to get to yourself. So it is part of the inner workings. You know, God doesn't make mistakes. There's a reason why there's this voice that contradicts us in our minds every day. Every single day. So what actually happens when you do stand up for yourself? Like what what happens to you? How does that affect your life? Well, it starts to grow inside of you somehow that for the most part you can face challenges and overcome them. Own what you're doing, own what you have done and no one else can own that vulnerability. So when you stand up for yourself, that really requires in such a deep sense that you are now in a phase of your life where you're learning to master your own emotions, that you are an effective learner. You're effective in learning your lessons, that you can do it. Because you've set this template, right? You've set this, okay, I'm going to have challenges. 
Whatever challenge I have today, maybe next year won't be the same challenge, but I'm going to have challenges. And when I do, I am going to be able to face them. Because, look, I'm facing this one. I may not like it. I may hate the process I have to go through. I may hate the way I feel. But that's what cleaning up the stuff that doesn't work feels like. We don't like it. But we are thriving when it's happening because we are looking. We are paying attention. And you will find that the stronger you master your emotions, the less you feel like you have to walk around explaining to people what you're doing all day long. I'm doing this because I really never had this and, you know, everything is a story. It takes a whole day just to tell all the stories when you could have actually done what you wanted to do. It's such a beautiful knowing that whatever comes your way, you can deliberately look it in the eye. You don't want to run away from it or or hope it just kind of gives you an answer out of nowhere or wait for the big answer and you're just not really doing anything towards fixing it or working on it. But it's deliberate. It's like, hey, I'm actually in this right now. And unless I, I talk it through my head, write it through, discuss it through with another person that I trust and that I love, You can stand up for love. But that's how we stand up for it. We don't have to fight people for love unless we don't love ourselves enough and we have to convince ourselves we're worth this attention right now, but it's not getting us to love. But when you know in your heart what you want to do, when you know what is best for you to do, and you don't do it, the problems you you start to face is when you start seeing other people do what you know you yourself can do. And we may judge them and be mad at them for taking a step we couldn't take. But if we really looked at that, love is just trying to show you, hey, look, this person did it and they survived. If you needed that extra push... Use that as your extra push. Because love is speaking to us all day long. There isn't a moment that ego comes in and and says, wow, you know, you should just tell that person off. Give them a piece of your mind. Honk at them. Make a face at them. Swear at them. And then you can always say, why would I do that? Why don't I just drive past them and forget about this? Oh, I would do that if I didn't feel the anger. But if I feel like I'm also angry, I need to do that stuff because I need to stand up for my anger, stand up for what's right. But what's right may not be what love is because love wouldn't do that. 
But then we think of it as weak, like, well, I wish I told that person off. I wish I did whatever. But in truth, your silence will bother them to the point where they'll wonder why they said what they said to you. Because a lot of times when someone comes at you with something like that, it's because they need that interaction to let their anger accelerate. Because it's been unaddressed. Doing what love would do is the most powerful solution, the most powerful way you can face any situation in your life. Even to the point where let's say you have a young adult child because that's the hardest time for any parent is when our child is learning to separate themselves from us after we finally got used to how we take care of them, how we support them, how we do this for them and do that for them, and it goes on and on and on. Is to say, you know what? I love you, and sometimes I don't know. I don't know how to be objective growing up. They'll understand that. But if you want to keep pointing out what they've done wrong, what are the chances of them coming back to you for any kind of guidance? And also to remember in a relationship with anybody the difference between guidance and advice. Giving advice unsolicited is an extreme sore point with anybody because now you feel like they're observing you and what they're observing is wrong. You don't know what else is wrong. Everything you do is wrong and they keep pointing it out. So it brings up all of this stuff and kind of takes conversations in a way you, you didn't even see coming go because you were giving advice from love. You want them to succeed. But guidance is different. Imagine you watching your spouse try to decide which credit cards were better and you have one that you figured out. Instead of saying, oh, don't even bother. Don't even bother. I already did the work. Get this one. Let them do the work. Let them appreciate the final decision. And just say, these were my guidelines for choosing a good card. And then they can follow. You can say things like, these are the guidelines I used in making a decision for what school I decided to go to. These were the questions I asked when making that decision. They may work for you. They may not. But these were the ones I asked. Why am I doing this? Why am I attracted to that? What do I want back from that? Because a lot of people, let's say, younger people go to school to get it over with, to get a degree. But if they say, why am I doing that, and they answer that, then they know the degree is all that mattered. And they may not even care what it's in. They just want to graduate from college because they feel like they won't get a job without it. And then there's other people who want to go to school to actually learn something that 
and I don't mean actually learn something, but like a trade, like if they're doing accounting and they do this and they get paid for that. Or they go in the medical field, they do this, they get paid this way. But a lot of time when people are going in for the profession, they see themselves working the profession and the money's just a byproduct. But if we try to do something for money first, we may compromise what we're doing for money. But if we do it for something we know we can learn, we can trade, we can interact, then you will still make the money. But it will mean more to you, and it will mean more to the people who receive it from you. So I had to think of those guidelines. Those were things that I thought about before I chose a school, chose a profession. And then your child leaves like, okay, well, that was my mom's plan. Mine may be a little different. But for the most part, I kind of want what she wants or what he wants or wanted. But I really appreciate that they didn't tell me what to do, but they told me how to do it. Because now I have that skill forever. Or a partner may say, wow, you know what? They really care about my process. They really care about how I'm learning this instead of, hey, I'll do everything for you. All you need to do is be here. Well, I want to be here if I'm here. Because that's what love does. Love teaches. Love grows. And love knows at the end of the day, it's going to win. So if we choose anything that isn't love, then it's got to go back and self-correct until it gets to love. Think about that. It has to go back and self-correct until it gets to love. That's the way truth is. There was a quote I put up today from Origins of Truth, and it it said, a teacher, a true teacher, never puts themselves in the way of a leader or a learner. But I look at every learner as a leader in their own lives. Because what would love do? I had somebody write me with all their heart yesterday in an email to tell me they've been following me and they've read my book. And my account of seeing Christ is wrong because Christ closed his eyes when I saw him. He didn't close his eyes. He just came to me with his eyes closed. She said, he should have looked you in the eye, now telling me how the experience should have gone for it to be valid. And I read Origins of Truth, and I just, I can't believe the accounts that you're saying that Christ isn't the son of God. And and I said, well, he's the son of man in the book, right? And you need to go back and read the Bible. And I'm sorry to say this to you, um, but I have to. And maybe you might want to go and sit and ask Christ because you may be getting false information. And I'm right and you're wrong. I walk with Christ. First thing I was told is to go and read the Bible. And I thought to myself, I read it, and at first when I read it, it made me just want to squirm back into my skin and hide, hide from the world. I'm like, what What the heck am I doing? I'm attracting all these things, and I'm not doing this to get anything back from it, and not because I'm so noble or so great. I just am not doing anything that I do to get anything really back from it. 
It's like minimal pay for whatever I do, whether it's buying a book or, and, and there's no money to be made from those things. And I'm not saying that because money's bad or I don't need money. I, I do need to live and do all those things, but this is what love would do. And after I read it, I said, "Wow, they're saying I'm not, I'm not doing this to, to make you feel bad." And I thought, "No, you, 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 you feel bad. You feel bad for me, but I don't feel bad for me because I know who I am, and I am transparent, and I'm not trying to be anybody. But you can't change the fact of what happened to me happening to me, or tell me how it should have happened." someone who I don't know who's telling me about my own experience. And it made me more confident because I already have that love for this work and for myself. But you guys, I only have 15 seconds left. I love you guys. I will see you tomorrow. Have a great Tuesday. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the I Dig Your Soul podcast. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.